If you're able to come forward a little bit, uh, we, we, uh, we've got some room up front, so come on forward if you're able to. Go ahead and have a seat after you uh, find a spot there. If you're visiting with us today, we're really grateful that you're here. And uh, we're in the middle of a worship series called Follow. Follow, and uh, we all know what it means to follow, but how that relates to Jesus is that He called people everywhere and everyone to follow Him. And uh, the the common thing you hear nowadays in a lot of churches is to accept Jesus or pray and He'll come into your heart. Uh, The the come into your heart thing is based on a revelation passage to some Christians who had slipped and so He was trying to get them to repent. But but really, what, what you see in Jesus' ministry, you never see Him ask anyone to accept Him. He says, I want you to follow me. And so that's what we're trying to do here in our our fellowship is try to find out what does that mean to really follow him, not just believe that he exists, not just believe even that he is the savior of the world. But what does it mean to follow his teachings, to put his uh, what he said into into life, into our practice in our everyday life? And so there's a few things we've been talking about. We talked about how he calls everyone to follow. We talked about how uh, being a sinner doesn't mean you can't follow Jesus. In fact, everyone who has ever followed Jesus has been a pretty bad sinner, including all of us, right? And so even the guys he picked, they, they were not, they didn't have it all together. And the people that followed him in the first century, when he first started out, they, they had problems. They even had doubts up to the final days. They had doubts. Uh, so when you have, you, you have sin, you have doubt, that's normal. But what you do with that is you follow Jesus. And then he gives you faith that overwhelms those fears and it overwhelms those doubts. And so we talked about being fearless in our faith. Uh, we talked about uh, last time in this series, we took a break last week for Father's Day. We had Tim Summerlin here, which was great. But two weeks ago, we talked about follow where. What do Jesus' followers wear? Remember that? We talked about how Jesus' followers should look the same. When you look at them, you should see Jesus. And they should be clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I hope you remembered those things. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And over all those, you put on love. Like a garment, you clothe yourselves uh, with those things when you follow Jesus. So today, the title of the lesson today is Unfollow. Unfollow. And uh, everyone that's uh, under a certain age knows exactly what unfollow means. Some of the old people don't know, but that's all right. It means, uh, I put a definition there, uh, to stop tracking a person, group, or organization on a social networking site. And there's this verse in John 6 that says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Disciple simply means a follower or a student. You're, you're trying to follow Jesus. So many, there are many disciples that at this moment, that's recorded in John 6, they stopped following. They clicked the unfollow button and said, I'm not going to follow Jesus anymore. And that's something that if it hasn't come up for you, it will. Any, anybody who follows Jesus, there will be moments and times where you are tempted to unfollow. We're tempted to go, oh, I don't know. And you come to this point in your faith where you have a crossroads and, and there's a lot of questions at that moment. And there's a, there's a question you need to ask yourself when you come to that moment. That's a key question. That's going to be our main thing that we take away today is this key question we're going to look at here in just a minute in John 6. And it's from this story. So we're going to dig into this story here. I'm going to say a prayer and then uh, we'll get, kind of get into the story. So let's pray. And then if you have a Bible, if you could turn open to, uh, to John 6 and we'll be uh, digging into the word here. God, thank you to be together this morning. Thank you for uh, this group of people and the way we can learn and grow uh, from our relationship with you and from each other. 
Thank you to be able to sing songs to you. Thank you for that new song that uh, Jason wrote just about how you are everlasting and never changing and how we can't completely rely on you and put all of our faith in you. God, I pray right now as we open up your word that your Holy Spirit would speak. God, that it wouldn't be me talking, uh, but it would be your Holy Spirit speaking through these words that John recorded that Jesus said. It's just such a great passage of scripture we're going to look at, and I pray that uh, you would really speak to each one, help each one of us to hear what you want us to hear. If we're at that point, I know many of us might be at that point of questioning whether we want to follow Jesus or not, I pray that you would speak to us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, John 6. So what's happened is uh, there's a familiar story where uh, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. You guys have heard that story before? There was five loaves, two fishes, and uh, that a little boy had for his lunch. Jesus took that boy's lunch, and he spread it amongst 5,000 men, plus all the women and children. So all these people ate. And uh, so it's kind of an amazing thing God does there at the beginning of John 6. So then Jesus goes and he goes up on a mountain and he he gets away. Then he sends his disciples off onto the lake and then he he comes walking across the water late at night. We've heard that story probably too. His disciples are scared. They think he's a ghost. And and we have the story of Peter trying to walk on the water. Excuse me. He fails because he looks at the waves. And, you know, these are stories if you've grown up or you know the church. I mean, you know the Bible. You've heard these stories. Uh, So they, they end up on the other side of the lake. And so what happens is these people... If you look in, uh, in verse, uh, let's see, 22, the next day the crowd that stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized the only one boat had been there and Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. So they're trying to figure out how did Jesus get across the lake? You know, that's kind of a cool thing there going, okay, well, there's one boat that left, the disciples left, Jesus didn't left. How did he, how did he get across? And so they, they go around on land to the other side of the lake. And the, the picture on screen, that's a picture of, of uh, the Sea of Galilee. So you can kind of get a, a sense of what the other shore might look like, uh, kind of looking across. So they get around, they walk all the way around to the other side. It says in verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they ask him, Rabbi, when did you get here? So they're trying to figure out how did he get, get there? Because remember, he walked across the water. Jesus doesn't say, oh, I walked on water. It was great. You know, he just kind of goes right to the, the heart of these people. And look what he says in verse 26. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me. Not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. It's interesting that that, that he kind of goes right to the, he, he he doesn't try to please the crowd, ever, you know. He just goes, you know why you're here? Because I fed you yesterday. And you're here because you want some more food. And, and he tries to take them deeper. He says, don't work for food that spoils. Work for food that endures to eternal life. Work for food that is eternal. Work for something that will never fade. And he's trying to get them to go deeper spiritually. Because all of us, kind of our default is to be very surfacy. And to not really deal with, with eternal issues. We just don't think about it. We just kind of try to get through the day. Kind of, and we're very like sensual oriented. I mean, there's a, there's an evil part of sensuality, but then there's just kind of everyday sensuality of just, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm, you know, just kind of dealing with what we're dealing with on an everyday basis. And and it, it takes a lot of work to just think about deep spiritual things. And that's what Jesus is trying to do with them, try to get them to go deeper because they're just focused on how they feel. And they felt good yesterday when they had food 
And they thought, hey, I want some more food today. Can you relate to these people a little bit? I mean, I think even today we can kind of be here for what I get. What do I get out of following Jesus? How does it benefit me? And, and we can be focused on how we feel. I feel good. I feel bad. I feel up. I feel down. You know, instead of kind of the deeper spiritual things. I want to uh, show you a video that is uh, of a, one of our teenagers. And uh, he's just been to the uh, dentist to have his wisdom tooth removed. And he's focused right now on how he's feeling. So let's watch this video and then we'll continue with the story. I want to thank all the people out of my surgery, but really well. You know, I don't even feel nothing. This is just a truly awesome day. Oh, this is great. That's a good one. My family and I have gotten a lot of laughs at Joshua's expense over the last few weeks. That happened a few weeks ago. So J- Jameson was like, my 15-year-old, he's like, you've got to figure out a way to show that on a Sunday. You've got to work that into your sermon somehow. Oh, so funny. But, but there is a point. The point is, he do- he's not in touch with his true situation, right? I mean, he has a hole in his jaw. And, and he had a lot of swelling for days. But he does, you know, he's just out of touch because he's got all the medication and stuff. But he's out of touch. He's very numb. And we can be like that spiritually. We can be out of touch with our true spiritual condition. We can be kind of numb and just sort of out of it. So I think what Jesus, Jesus is going to say some pretty hard things in this passage we're about to look at. But the reason he says these hard things, I think, is because he was trying to get them out of being numb. They, they, were, they were just about, I just want food. They, they were kind of on the surface level. And he's trying to take them deeper. And sometimes to take someone deeper, Jesus has got to shake us up a little bit. And so God will even allow things in our life to take us deeper, allow hardships, allow trials, sometimes things that we don't like, but just because he's trying to get us to focus on the spiritual realities and not just kind of every day, I feel great, I feel great, I feel great. (laughs) Are you with me? So let's, let's keep looking here in John 6. So they, 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 uh, Jesus told them, you're just here because you want food. I'm going to get this open again here. Uh, let's skip down a little bit. Verse 32, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven. It is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. What he's talking about there is they, they, uh, they say, well, they kind of change the subject back to food. And they go, okay, well, you're, you're a teacher and everything. Uh, give us a sign so that we should believe in you. And uh, by the way, a great sign idea is, uh, in the Old Testament, what Moses did is Moses gave them bread from heaven that fed them on a daily basis. And that happened in the Old Testament because hundreds of thousands of people came from slavery in Egypt to the promised land, and they ended up being in the desert, wandering in the desert for 40 years. I can't imagine the ramifications of trying to feed hundreds of thousands of people in the desert for 40 years. So God helped them out a little bit with this, this stuff called manna 
which was in the morning with the morning dew, there would be these little flakes on the ground and they would go out and gather them and then they would make bread from those flakes. It was a miraculous thing that God did and it gave them bread every day. They were fed by the daily bread. And so when you see that phrase daily bread, like even when Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, there's a lot of references back to that, that idea of God sustaining you. There's a lot of symbolism in there. God, God's a poet, I think, and he likes to use symbolism and things. So that manna symbolizes the way that God sustains us every day. So that's what Jesus is trying to get them to do. He's trying to bring it back to the spiritual. And, he, and he's like, I know I fed you yesterday, but now I'm trying to take you deeper today. And so then it says, verse 34, sir, they said, always give us this bread. You see where they're at, right? I like that idea. Always give us bread. We, w- we don't want to have to work anymore. We'll just hang out with you and you just feed us like you did yesterday. The breads and fish, that was really good. We'll just do that. But he says, verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you've seen me and still you do not believe. And then you skip down to uh, verse 40. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. You know, he's trying to get them again to focus on the eternal and eternal life. When he mentions eternal life a lot in the book of John, uh, a lot of times I think we think of that just being heaven. But as you see in the in, in the book of John, it's not something that's just way down the road. Eternal life in, in the book of John, it's here and it's now. It's it's not just uh, a, a matter of length of time, like, OK, I get to be in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. And you, sometimes we don't understand that because we're so time bound being in this universe. Uh, so the concept of forever, it just kind of it's sort of distant to us sometimes. It sounds even a little boring, you know, <laughs> like, OK, after 200,000 years, what will we be doing in heaven? You know, if you, if you have kids, you have those kinds of conversations. What will we be doing? in heaven? we don't really know a lot about that. But the point is that eternal doesn't just mean forever. It's a qualitative uh, thing. It, it's a qualitative life. It's it's a deeper kind of living. Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so Jesus is talking about a kind of life that you get from him right here and right now that endures on and on forever. But it's not just it's not just in heaven someday. It's here and now. And that's what he's trying to get them to focus on. Verse 41. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling amongst yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. So they're like, we know this guy. We know his parents. What does he mean he came down from heaven? They're, they're, they're grumbling. They're, 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 they're arguing with what Jesus is saying. And, and we see this in our time all the time. You know, God will not always explain himself thoroughly. And, and questions come up with some of the things that he'll say or some of the positions taken in the scripture or sometimes what Jesus says. It brings up these questions and, you're, you know, the, what you know, what, what, you, what you have experienced can become an obstacle. In this case, them knowing his father, knowing his mother, knowing his brothers, it kind of becomes an obstacle. We know who this guy is. What does he mean he came from heaven? Now, we understand it because we look back and we know the scriptures. We understand what he means by he came from heaven. They didn't get it, right? So you see this kind of developing this where they're kind of you're grumbling. They're a little confused. And uh, then skip down to verse uh, 52. Or 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. 
So he's, he's again, he's, contra- he's talking about manna, and he's saying, I am like the manna, but I am the living bread. My body is bread. And so this is kind of weird stuff, right? And, and they're kind of not getting it. In verse 52, the Jews begin to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So they're a little confused, right? Would you say they don't completely understand what Jesus was trying to say? Yeah, they, they, they don't really get it. They think, okay, he's, he's suggesting cannibalism. He's saying he's going to give us his food to eat, his body as food to eat. This is getting really weird. And so picture you're one of his followers. At this moment, you're kind of like, okay, Jesus, <laughs> you know, that's a little weird. You know, you want to sort of almost go, okay, you're going to lose the crowd here, Jesus. You know, they're not, they're not tracking you. Why don't you, you know, he'll be with you in a minute. Okay, let's go talk to Jesus a little bit. I mean, that's, that's how we think. And I, I love that Jesus, he doesn't explain. He doesn't, he doesn't try to, to kind of cajole them or, or kind of, okay, well, let me explain. I'm sorry, I, I was off. I, I didn't explain myself thoroughly. Uh, you know, he just kind of doubles down here. I think keeps uh, going to sleep on me. I got to change the settings. I need to have my 13-year-old help me. I knew I should have brought an analog Bible. Okay, uh, verse 52, they argue, verse 53. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you. Okay, again, they're confused, right? They don't understand. Here's what he says. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real blood, my blood, my, real food, my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Wow. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. You know, he, he just kind of doubles down and, and he does not try to thoroughly explain. He does not try to candy coat. I mean, he just takes it right to him. I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have eternal life. Wow, that's kind of rough. I mean, pic- picture yourself there and you're hearing this, this teacher say this. That's hard, right? And so you see what happens in verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching Who can accept it? You know, no matter where you are, youngest to oldest here, you will have moments like this in your walk. If you want to follow Jesus, you'll have moments where you go, what? What? I don't get it. That's not what I signed up for. That's not the way I thought it was supposed to go. God, what are you doing here? This was not supposed to be the plan. It was not supposed to be work out this way. You know, you, you're always going to have those. You're, you are always going to have those moments. Uh, not all the time, but everyone here will have those moments. And, and it's, it brings you to a decision point. And they're at a decision point right here. They're going, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? What are we going to do with this moment? How am I going to choose to respond? And there's a little voice at these times that says, wouldn't it be easier just to unfollow? Wouldn't it be easier just to, 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 to just be like everybody else? I mean, look at all these other people. They're not trying to do what's right. They're not trying to follow Jesus. They're not trying to, I mean, wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be more comfortable? Wouldn't it be simpler? Wouldn't it cost less than trying to be a follower of Jesus? And you're going to have those moments where you're brought to that decision. 
And so Jesus' response, he doesn't say, oh, I know, I understand, I've been there before, Uh, I know it's hard. He says in verse 61, man, this thing keeps going to sleep. I think he says, does this offend you, right? Does he say that? Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man go back to where he was before? So again, he doesn't try to explain, he doesn't try to candy coat things. He says, does this offend you? What about this? (laughs) You know? And I'm not saying that's, that's how we should be to other people. Because Jesus is Jesus. He has authority. And he knows what he's doing. And he's trying to help them with their condition they're in. Uh, we are supposed to, as his followers, be clothed with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'm not advocating we just need to, you know, bring people the tough gospel. I mean, but on the other hand, we do need to point people to the real Jesus. He did say these things. And he did. And he does have the authority and so then he's, he says in verse uh, 63, The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. And so he, he, he's, he's again calling them to a decision and he's saying, The words I'm saying, they're full of Spirit and they're full of life. You might not understand them right now, but this is, this is the truth and this is what it's all about.